Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. I've started exploring the city of Pakwa. And something has just turned up. While passing through a cluttered market near the gates that open onto the harbour front, you suddenly realise an elderly man slipping out from behind an abandoned store to your right is attempting to pick your pocket. You wait until his hand is nearly upon your money pouch before you spin to confront the would-be thief. Apparently shocked by your vigilance and clearly bewildered by what he must deem to be an unexpected turn of events, the old man promptly flees, dashing wildly across the marketplace, heading for the twisting alleys of the city's infamous northern quarter. Chase down the flip, fleet crooked brick pickpocket. Okay. You na- you doggedly pursue the old, the old man along the crowded streets and twisting alleys of the seaport. Amazed at the speed and stealth by which he navigates a complex, ever-changing course. Pick a number. Bonus of 69. 19 from thievery. 20 from agility. 10 from body. And 10 from mind. Gotta get a 100 or more to get him. Failure. At last, completely out of breath. The elderly man no longer in sight. You abandon the chase. Taking a few minutes to recover, you silently vow to keep a close eye on your belongings as you continue your exploration of the city. Now, hmm, he's going to be trying this again. So I'm going to pause until something turns up. Uh, exploring Pakura, something has turned up. Suddenly... <clears throat> While passing through a cluttered market gate, market near the gates that open onto the harbour front, you suddenly realise an elderly man is slipping out from behind an abandoned stall to your right. He's attempting to pick your pocket, waiting until his hand is nearly upon your money pouch, before you spin to confront your the would-be thief. Apparently shocked by your vigilance and clearly bewildered by what he must deem an unexpected turn of events, the old man promptly flees, dashing wildly across the marketplace, heading for the twisted alleys of the city's infamous northern quarter. Chase down the fleet-footed pickpocket. You doggedly pursue the old man along the crowded streets again and twisting alleys of the seaport, amazed at the speed and stealth with which he navigates. A complex, ever-changing course. Pick a number. Bonus of 69. 19 from thievery. 20 from agility. 10 from body. 20 from mind. Need 100 or more. Success! 16 XP to general. The half-rotted door of a seedy tavern. Deep within, within the ancient network of twisting lanes and narrow alleys that epitomised the seaport's infamous northern quarter, where at last lay your hand upon the elderly, would-be pickpocket's shoulder. The frail, white-haired man stammers something unintelligible and spins to face you, his unsteady, bony hand gripping the hilt of a dagger. You're about to strike out and knock the weapon, the weapon from his grasp when he suddenly sheaves the back blade and begs your forgiveness. But no harm. I truly didn't, he says meekly, seemingly fearful in your presence. The drink's got hold of me. I haven't any hope of toil. Not now. Perhaps I can make amends, dear sir. Any sense of injustice you felt as the result of the elderly man's attempt Tempted theft is swiftly replaced by profound pity. A look, look of relief washes over the elderly man's slender, wrinkled face, 
as you relax your stance, he thanks you repeatedly. I'll mend them, my ways that is, he says. The drink's always had a hold on me. It's worse than ever now. But that's not your trouble. Thank you, friend. You're about to turn and move away from the tavern and make your way out of this de deceptive part city. The old man suddenly says something that garners your full, full attention. You're an adventure. Well, I'm quite mistaken, he says, stepping aside to allow an obviously drunken man to stagger out through the tavern door. I'd wager I'll take a keen interest in something I've learned many years ago. The old man tells you, in his younger years, for his life became solely devoted to the pursuit of the drink, he fancied himself an adventurer. To that end, he sought away to the ruined city over which Pakrur was built. I can tell you how to get into the lower ruins, he says. The ruins were sealed off centuries ago. A warded door, larger than any I've seen before or since, blocks the passage that leads down into the ruins. The door, though few alive today recognise as such, stands at the end of the Exanctus Gallery, below the Hall of Lords. Intrigued by the possibility of being able to explore the ancient ruins beneath Pakrur, you ask the old man if the magically protected door can be opened. If he's ever been through it. Many times, he replies. Though you must know I've never delved very far into the ruins. I true I didn't truly have the stomach for that type of adventure. Dare say that I'm the last soul to ever get past the door, because I again locked it when I left the ruins at the final time. That was nigh on forty years ago. Can the door be opened? Yes, though not easily. The elderly man tells you the magic that keeps the massive door at the end of the Hall of Lords sealed can be temporarily dispelled by the means of a lever hidden in an undersea lair at the base of one of the towering stone columns that rise out of the sea to the north of the city. I could tell you how to find the lair, he says, but no, there is a great danger in going there, and even greater danger in using the lever. Pulling it will dispel the magic that prevents the great door from being opened, and so allow passage into the ruins below. The same token, however, will allow whatever lies below a passage up and into the city. The ruins do not sleep. A great evil stirs there, and while I can tell you little else about it, on that point, on that last point, I am certain. The older man, who has neither given you your, your, his name or asked for yours, tells you that the seventh sea column from the western so end of the lane has a hidden door on its top that will lead you down through, a through the massive structure and into the dark lair beneath the ocean floor. Oh, sounds quite preposterous, I'm sure, he says. It is the only way I know to find one's way into the ruins below the city. Scale the column. Climb down into hidden there, pull the lever, and return to the law, Hall of Laws and open the door. Mind you, mind that you're alone in the hall, of course, before you try opening the door. Task laid out for you by the elderly would-be pickpocket becomes a daunting consideration when you recall that the stone columns rising out of the sea north of Pakra. Each tower approximately one-eighth of a mile above the waging surface of the Sundra. Man tells you he can easily find a boat in a harbour. Man tells you you can easily find a boat in a harbour by which to get out of the columns. There's a set of steps that lead that wind up about round the column, he says, though some of them have crumbled away. And doubtless even more of it since I made my last climb many years ago. You thank the elderly man for the information he's provided. Almost entirely forgetting that he's tried to pick your pocket. He bows and thanks you. And he wishes you luck before turning and slipping into the tavern. It's that moment that your eyes are drawn to the weathered sign hanging over the door. The journey's end. With that, 
With that, you once again set off to resume your exploration of the city, realising that your first step towards finding your way into the ruins below Parkour will revolve a trip to the city's Grand Harbour. Okay, that's that's a thing now. Visit the harbour. The broad, deep cove that serves as Pakro's Grand Harbour is nearly a mile in from the open sea. At its mouth, seventeen towering columns of stone rise up from the seabed and soar into the sky, each reaching to an almost impossible height Oh, over 600 feet! Looking north on the crayside, across the churning waters of the cove, towards the waging sojourn beyond, the arc of columns that span the mouth of the harbour look like the broad, fang-filled moor of some great sea beast. Countless vessels, including Tyson warships, anchored here. Seek out passage to the mouth of the harbour. Okay. You locate a man on one of the harbour's bustling piers who is willing to lend you the use of his small but sturdy boat. Boat for a price. You can have use of it for 20 gold. Mind that I'll need it back in one piece. Where are you taking it? Out to the mouth? Take care that way. It's bottled hands of the water, but it's a worse spot out that way. Pay him 20 gold for the use of the boat. There we are. He's got 20 gold now. After handing him the gold, you follow the man to the middle of the long pier, where he shows you a small but sturdy looking craft. Graft tied to one of the barnacles encrusted to one of the barnacle encrusted wharf legs. The rowboat bobs up and down like the near continual wake that stirs in the harbour waters. You thank him and he wishes you luck as you climb down into the rowboat and prepare to set off for the mouth of the cove. The waters of the harbour prove easy to navigate. To only a short while you find yourself drawing into the broad arc of towering stone Stone columns. The, the sea slaps up against the northern side of the columns as it surges into the mouth of the cove, creating several churning channels that serve to make your final approach both difficult and dangerous. With your sights set on the seventh column from the western end, you endeavour to row your small craft up to its massive base. Alright, pick a number. Number between 100, bonus of 48. 18 from feathery, no, from seamanship. Ooh, that's used. That's probably the rarest used skill or power. 10, 20 from might, 10 from body. Got to get 100 or more. Failure. With only a few yards of the base of the towering column of stone, where your small craft is struck by a broadside by a tall wave, before you can attempt to steady the boat. Tips to your left. Cast you into the churning water at the base of the column. You struggle to draw yourself out of the churning sea. And onto the narrow ledge at the base of the towering stone column. Pick a number. Bonus of 86. 18 from seamanship. 38 from woodmanship. 10 from agility. 20 from body. Pick now. Success. You manage to claw your way onto the narrow ledge at the base of the stone column. The sounds of your white startles you, and you turn to find the small boat bumping up against the column only a few feet away. Wasting no time, you take hold of the craft and use its tether to secure it to a nearby outcropping of rock. You're standing on a slick, thin edge at the base of the 17th. Pacro's towering stone, the seventh of Pacro's towering stone columns, the massive monument, like its sixteen brethren, is nearly one hundred feet in diameter, 
and well over 600 feet tall. Now a set of stumps, crumbling steps winds its way up and around the column. Homing the scares at the top of the structure. It's likely to prove a long and arduous ordeal. Attempt to climb the stairs. Taking care to avoid the missing or crumbling steps that make up the narrow stair. Winding its way up and down the stacked towering stone column. You begin the difficult and treacherous ascent. Pick a number. Bonus to 49. 19 for woodmanship. 20 from agility, 10 from body, needs 75 or more. Success. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the set of narrow, winding stairs. You've climbed approximately 50 feet from the base of the stone column. Looking up, you estimate you are still at least 600 feet from the top. Taking care to avoid the missing or crumbling steps that make up the narrow stair winding its way up and around the towering stone column. Continue the difficult and treacherous ascent. Same check again. Success with 82. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient step set of narrow winding stairs. You've climbed approximately 100 feet from the base of the stone column. Looking up, you estimate that you're still at least 550 feet from the top. Taking care to avoid the missing or crumbling steps that make up the narrow stair, running its way up and around the towering stone column, you continue the difficult and treacherous attempts. Pick a number, bonus of 49 again, same check, 146. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient set of narrow winding stairs. You climbed approximately 150 feet from the base of the stone column. Looking up, you estimate there are still at least 500 feet from the top. Taking care to avoid the missing or crumbling steps, make up the narrow stair, winding its way up and around the towering stone column. You continue the difficult and treacherous ascent. Same check again. Pass again with 107. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient narrow winding stairs. 200 feet climbed, 450 to go. Same check again. Success. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient set of narrow winding stairs. 250 feet climbed, 400 to go. I continue the difficult and treacherous ascent. Same check again. Success. The same check once more. Success with 102. All right, where are you? All right, I'm 353 high. And now there's only 300 feet to go. Same check again. Success. 400 feet climbed. Oh, I'm way too high. Continue the difficult and treacherous ascent. Same check. Failure. A section of the ancient stair suddenly crumbles beneath your feet, sending your pitching to your right. <sighs> Towards the end of a long and deadly drop. As you tumble off the edge of the winding stair, your hands instinctively shoot out your length. Desperate quit bid to grab anything will keep you from falling into the sea far below. Pick a number. Bonus of 70. 20 from agility, 20 from might, 20 from body, 10 from luck, need 85 or more, success. You manage to grab hold of the jagged outcropping of rock. Of a jagged outcropping of rock on the edge of the column, the great stain, never once daring to look down, you pull yourself out of the ancient crumbling stair. 
after taking several moments to recover from the howling ordeal, we once again resume the treacherous climb. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient steps of narrow winding stairs. 450 feet climbed, just 200 to go. Pick a number. Failure. Oh dear, a failure again. A section of the ancient stair suddenly crumbles beneath your foot, said you pitch into your right, towards the edge of the long and deadly drop. As you tumble off the edge of the winding scare, stair, your hands instinctively shoot out to your left, in a desperate bid to grab at anything that will keep you from falling into the sea far below. Pick a number. Bonus of 70. 20 from agility, might and body. 10 from luck. Need 85 or more. Success! You manage to grab hold with 128 of a, of a jagged outcropping of rock on the edge of the column. With great strain, never once daring to look down, you pull yourself back to the ancient crumbling lair. Taking several moments to recover from the howling ordeal, you once again resume the treacherous climb. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient set of narrow, winding stairs. 500 feet high, 150 feet to Feet to go, same check. Bones 49, success 75. Pick now. Success with 126. Despite a couple of, despite several slips and a couple of missteps, I managed to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient set of narrow winding stairs. 550 feet. It's climbed 100 feet to go taking care to avoid the missing or crumbling steps that make up the narrow stair, winding its way up and around the towering stone column, continue the difficult and treacherous stem. Same check again. Success. 600 feet high, just 50 feet to go. Taking care to avoid the missing or crumbling steps that make up the narrow stair, growing its way up and around the towering stone column, you continue the difficult and treacherous ascent. Pick a number. Bonus of 49. Got to get 75 or more. Success. 146. Despite several slips and a couple of missteps, you manage to retain your footing as you continue up the ancient set of narrow winding stairs. After a, At last, after a long and difficult climb, you mount the final dozen steps and find yourself standing atop the towering column of stone. You're standing atop, atop the broad, flat summit of the massive stone column. The view from this lofty vantage point is unparalleled. Looking to the east and west, you can see for miles along the rugged but beautiful northern Tyson coast. Almost directly south, your gaze falls upon Pacro's Grand Harbour, the wide, deep clove, cove at the back of which stands a formidable spectre of, an, of the ancient, heavily fortified seaport. In, in the centre of the summit's common summit, almost flush with its weathered stone surface, is a square iron hatch. Rayty Hatch opened surprisingly easy, given its tremendous bulk, revealing a set of stone steps spiralling down into the massive column's shadowy core. Climb down the stairs beneath the hatch. Tightly gripping your light source, and you cautiously descend the spiralling steps and swiftly plunge into darkness. After several minutes, you at last reach the bottom of the stairs. You're standing at the base of a tall and steep set of spiralling steps lead up and out of the stone column. To the south, a broad passage slopes downwards into the darkness. Climb. So I could climb the stairs out of the column, but nope, not going to do that quite yet. Uh, Going south. 
Nothing stills in the inky blackness that fills the broad, sloping corridors that wind their way through the core of the ancient column. Suddenly, lying at the edge of the corridor, the wotted haft of a hopelessly rusted axe still clutched in its fleshless fingers is a headless skeleton. The cloven skull of the long-dead axeman lies on the opposite side of the passage. With no desire to linger over the gruesome find, you promptly resume your exploration of the dark, sloping passage. Is are these other adventures that that guy sent here? Hmm. Curious. Now the quest sudden sprawled out across the end of the corridor. Clad in a wotting leather jerkin, the skeletal remains of a man who seems to have met an untimely demise in the dark there. His skull, like that of the dead axeman you've just you recently discovered, lies several yards along the passage. With no desire to linger over the gruesome find, you promptly resume your ex your cautious exploration of the dark, sloping passage. Nothing stirs in the inky blackness that fills the broad, sloping corridors that wind their way through the core of the ancient stone column. Right, another question mark coming up. Suddenly, at the edge of this sex passage, you spot a small object lying next to the crumbling foot of the wall. You step over to take a closer look and discover the object is a wadded leather pouch. Inside the pouch, you find a small quantity of gold, which you promptly take. Fortunately, gold is uh, noble metal, so that's still good. After carefully searching the immediate area, to be certain that you haven't overlooked anything else, you once again prepare to set off along the sloping corridor. Alright. The soaping passage ends abruptly at the top of a steep step of stairs that descend into darkness. Climb down the stairs. Wary for any sign of movement in the darkness below, you cautiously descend even further into the strange lair inside the core of the stone column. You're standing at the base. Standing at the standing at the base of a stone set of set of steps that lead further up towards the top of the stone column. To the east, a wide corridor slopes downwards into the darkness. Nothing stirs in the inky blackness that fills the broad sloping corridors that wind their way through the core of the ancient stone column. Going east? Question mark. Your eyes are suddenly drawn to the headless skeleton lying in heap on the northern side of the passage, an empty leather pack, swiftly becoming little more than a pile of what, lies at the side of the long dead adventurer. Both the skeleton's arms are missing. A, cl a close, closer examination reveals they were cut off by a heavy bladed instrument, most likely a large sword, with no desire to linger over the gruesome fight you promptly resume your exploration of the dark, sloping passage. So someone, or something, is chopping people up with a sword. What could it be? I mean, who could live here? It's not like there's food. Or a bed. Or books. <laughs> there's no books. How could you live there? Nothing. And it's probably not Wi-Fi either, because it's a medieval kingdom and Wi-Fi doesn't exist yet. Yes, something coming up to the north. A long iron leader, severely corroded, points to the eastern wall in the centre of the corridor. The corridor is, the lever is currently set into the middle position. Step up to the lever. I'm going to pull it up. You take hold of the iron lever and move it to the up position. Step back from the lever. 
The passage you're following ends abruptly at a heavy iron door that spans the near the entire breadth of the corridor. A faint blue glow animates from the severely corroded surface of the massive metal slab. As you draw up to the iron door, it suddenly shudders and begins to rise, disappearing into an opening in the ceiling. After only a few moments, only the bottom of the iron slab now flush with the stone overhead, is visible. With the way ahead now clear, you promptly proceed to the west. You're about ten steps along the corridor when you hear the unmistakable sound of the heavy iron barrier, slowly lowering to once again seal the passage. Okay, I guess I put the lever... Put the lever in the right place. Okay, going to the end of this section. The sloping passage ends abruptly at the top of a steep step of stairs. Steps that descend into darkness. Climb down the stairs. Wary for any sign of movement in the darkness below, you cautiously descend even further into the strange lair inside the core of the stone column. You're standing at the bottom of a set of steps that lead up towards the top of the stone column. To the south, a broad slope slopes downwards into the darkness. And also, I think with all this walking down I'm doing, I'm pro it's probably doing it's probably doing a really uh, doing a number on my knees. Nothing stirs in the inky blackness that fills the broad sloping corridors and make their way down through the core of the ancient stone column. Suddenly, yet again, you come upon a grim sight. Lying sprawled out in the middle of the dark, sloping passage is a headless skeleton. The cloven skull of a long-dead soul lies only a few feet from the decayed remains. With no desire to linger over the gruesome find, you promptly resume your cautious exploration of the dark, sloping passage. Now, obviously trying to be stealthy wouldn't work, because the second skeletons would have tried to be stealthy. Yes. And they probably also tried fighting it, some of them. That didn't work either. Oh dear, I might be doomed. Suddenly suddenly catch sight of something moving through the darkness ahead. Turning to the north, you peer along the passage and make out what appears to be a long and slender object floating along the corridor. Only a split second after splotting it, a curious, moving object vanishes into the gloom. Unnerved by the strange sighting, you vow to obey on your guard as you press on along the passage. Okay, another question mark coming up. Suddenly, again you catch sight of the long and slender object floating along the corridor ahead. The mysterious object quickly turns a corner to the west, several yards in front of you, and disappears. Unnerved by the strange sighting, you vow to remain on your guard as you press on along the passage. Okay, now going west. Suddenly. Third time you spot the long and slender objects floating along the passage ahead. The strange object, now moving more swiftly than before, promptly vanishes into the gloom to the west. Unnerved by the strange sighting, you vow to remain on your guard as you press on along the passage. Right to the west. The, the sloping passage ends abruptly at the top of a steep step of stairs that descend into the darkness. A breath of frigid air swirls up and out of the blackness below. Climb down the stairs. Wary for any sign of movement in the darkness below, conscious of a sudden drop in temperature, you cautiously descend even further into the strange lair inside the core of the stone column. 
colder. Hmm. Is it underwater, perhaps? You're, you're standing at the base of a set of steps that leads up to the stone column. An icy chill pervades the chill air of this dark lair, leading you to believe you are now somewhere beneath the ocean floor. To the south, a broad, level corridor disappears into the darkness. Oh my. Oh my. That means I'm going to have to climb it all again to get out. It's going to be about a thousand, it's going to be a thousand feet or something. Oh, my calves, my calves are going to hurt so much once I climb, climb back up this. An icy chill pervades the silent, dark passages of lair, leading you to believe you are now below the foot of the stone column, lead beneath the ocean floor. Also, I, also I, can, I can presume my character's ears are popping. Or doing something. Suddenly, you discover two skeletons, both headless, slumped up against the western wall, this section of the corridor. Both skeletons are clad in a top in, in a tattered, rotting remains of thin grey cloth capes. The skulls of these unfortunate souls are nowhere to be seen. Where could it be? I mean, schools don't just disappear. With no desire to linger over the gruesome find, you promptly resume your cautious exploration. The dark, frigid passage. Something to the east? Suddenly, three skeletons, two of them missing the skull, and each of them without even an arm or a leg, lie strewn across the middle of the corridor. No desire to linger over this gruesome find. You promptly review your cautious exploration of the dark, frigid passage. And who's been. Is, how many people has that man sent down here? I mean, it could be him. I mean, he, he seems to be the only person who knows about it. Has he, has he, has he repeatedly been pit? Pickpocketing adventurers and then sending them, and then sending them to explore this, sending them to this column, where they've been killed by something. Oh my! I mean, I mean, did, did, yeah. So did he get killed there, and does that does he like rob them later? Ah. Oh dear, oh dear. Okay. You are now below the foot of the stone column, beneath the ocean floor. Protruding from the, e from the eastern wall of this section of the corridor is a pair of rusted iron levers. Levers are almost identical to the one you encountered on an upper level. Etched onto the wall above the levers is a crude depiction of a sword. Over the sword are etchings to depict three smaller blades. The tip of each blade is pointing straight up. Step up to the levers. The lever on the left is currently set into the middle position. Step forward and examine the pair of levers. Put the left into the up position. Take hold of the left lever and move it into the up position. And the right, I take hold of it and move it into the up position. Step back from the levers. Both, lever, both levers emit a faint blue glow. It's been stained north along the passage. Okay, suddenly a skeleton missing one of its legs and one of its arms lies in a heap in the centre of the passage with no desire to linger over the gruesome find. You promptly resume your cautious exploration of the dark, frigid passage. 
Okay, I think this is the final floor. Because I don't... Otherwise, we're just going to come up in whatever the Antipodean place of Tysa is. And since we haven't... And since we out this isn't quite into the Age of Exploration yet, we don't know what's there. Probably an ocean. Because usually the antipode of a land place is an ocean. It just just is for reasons. Suddenly, as you approach the end of the passage, your eyes suddenly fall upon a strange and unsettling sight, floating less than a foot off the floor. Only a few yards to the south is a strange object you saw three times on the level above. Inch forward, allowing a pool of golden light to wash over the object, and quickly discover it's a wed halted long sword. Without warning, moving at startling speed, the hovering longsword turns the deadly tip of its shining blade in your direction, as sluggishly floats towards you. As the longsword draws near, it begins to emit a faint blue glow. Hold your ground and face the floating blade. It's a floating, floating longsword. It. This must be the thing that's been killing all these people. It's scaled at 9 plus. And I think my levers had something to do with that. If I hadn't done that, it may well be much harder. The floating longsword spins in the air and slashes at you. Alright, do a special attack. Ooh, brutal stroke for 8 damage. And another brutal stroke for 13 damage. 14, 14. Too many brutal strokes. Brutal stroke for 11. Brutal stroke for 12. Okay. Brutal stroke for 8. Alright, I'm going to use the power of destruction with Endeavor Energy Blast. And another Neville Energy Blast. I unleash a powerful blast of negative en Neville Energy of foe for 49 damage. And it is slain. 9 XP. 348 XP to general. The flying sword spins wildly for a few seconds. Before landing on the floor of the passage with a loud echoing clang. You step forward and examine the fallen blade. It appears to be a weapon of unmatched quality, but something tells you the magic that brought it to life is now gone. It better be! Despite a few initial reservations, reach down and take possession of the sword. It's a wed-hilted longsword. It's a weapon. It's a weapon slashing. It's got cumbrance of eight. It's unmatched quality. So it would sell for a lot of gold, but there's a better use for it. This is the longsword you engaged and defeated on the lowest level of the shadowy lair, the core of the Seven Stone Pillar, the mouth of Pakur's Harbour Cove. Although the weapon no longer bears any of the enchantments that serve to bring it to life, it remains a weapon of unmatched quality. The sword's most distinguishing feature is its bright red hilt. The thing is, this sword mustn't have been there when that, when that, when that beggar, that alcoholic person was the alleged alcoholic, that is, was exploring it. Because there's no way he would have survived it. We don't like that, lad. I got this idea that he he enchanted this blade to slay the people that go into this place, so that he can rob him. Rob them. Hmm. I mean, most of the gold is gone from those adventurers. Hmm. Uh, usually, adventurers carry a lot of gold. Hmm. And no adventurer tokens either. Mm. I mean, usually when you find 
when you find adventurers, usually at least half the time you're finding adventure tokens or some or some or some or some expensive equipment, but I didn't find any of that. Hmm. 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 Yes. Is that what's happened here? Is this some sort of honeypot for adventurers? Yes, the sword's most distinguishing feature is its bright red hilt. Yes, is that what happened here? Because, I mean, if this thing just was left here from when whoever built these columns columns left it, you know, to, to guard it, to make sure people don't press the buttons. Wouldn't it, you know, it would have killed the guy. Yes, yes, it must have came in after that guy. Yes, yes. Of course, I can't prove anything. I mean, it could have just floated in from somewhere else. But... Who would even know this is here but that guy? Ah, he's the only—he's the only one that makes any sense. He enchanted the sword to kill people. Ah, there's nothing I can do about it because there's nothing I can do to prove it. Because. Well, there's, it's, he's nowhere near the scene of the crime. And it's such an odd way of, and no one even knows these people are dead. Ah, but it ends now. Now, when people go down this, go down this column to press the button, they will not be killed by a floating sword. Unless he makes another one. I mean, could he? Maybe. I mean, if you, can, if you can do something once, you can do it again. But either way, I'm definitely not coming back here to find out. Thankful to face the strange guardian of this long-forgotten lair and live to tell the tale, you spend a few moments checking over your equipment before once again resuming your exploration. Okay, south one more to the end of the dungeon. You're standing in the middle. You're standing in a small chamber at the southern end of the passage you've been following. A massive stone block, its surface covered in a way arcane symbols, west in the centre of the room. The long iron lever, not unlike those you've previously encountered, protrudes from the northern side of the block. The lever is currently set into the middle position. Pull it up! Despite your best efforts, the lever will pause to budge. Pull it up! No! Up! No! Okay, I'll pull it down. It refuses to budge. Alright, leave the chamber. Oh, I've got to do something with some other levers. Hmm. Etched to the wall above the levers is a crude depiction of the sword. Over the sword are etchings that depict, depict three smaller blades. The, the tip of each blade is pointing straight back down. Step up to the levers, alright. Push the left one down, push the white one down. Is that enough? We'll see. Well, can I open the... Can I open this place now? Pull the lever up. Nope. Pull the lever down. Nope. Okay, so... I've got to climb my way back up... To... Back up to that other lever. Let's back a bit. Was it at least one floor back? Maybe more? Climb up the stairs. Oh, my calves. My calves are going to ache so much. 
At least there's no random battles here. Just one. Just one random sword. One random sword that decided to take its destiny into its own hands. Yep, that that I thus passed by the portcullis. And and it, it with it lets me pass, then closes behind me. Step up to the lever, pull it down. Take hold of the iron lever, pull it into the down position. Step back from the lever. Alright, now back to the Pocolis opens and lets me pass. Run down the stairs. Alright, going down, 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 beneath the waves. Down, 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 beneath the ocean floor. It's kind of cold here. Because the sun can't even make its heat go down this far. It's cold here. Both levers now emit a faint red glow. Alright, that's a good thing. Alright, getting towards the end of this passage. Aching calves and all. Lever emits a faint red glow. Pull it down. You take hold of the lever, move it into the down position. Suddenly. 1,024 experience to general. 128 experience to all skills and powers. And that, and usually you can tell you've done the thing you're supposed to do when you start getting experience. The iron lever begins to emit a bright red glow. You think you have at last done what is necessary to unlock hidden door in the Hall of Lords that would grant you passage to the ancient ruins beneath Pakwur. After carefully examining the stone block, this glowing lever, you now determine there is nothing further to be done here. How confident you'll be able to find your way into the ruins beneath the seaport via the Hall of Lords. You cautiously retrace your steps as you begin the long climb out of the shadowy lair at the core of the column, the stone column. With little difficulty and without incident, you reach the tall set of spiring steps that lead up and out of the column. To cautious climb, you push up through the hatch and once again find yourself standing atop the towering pinnacle of stone, thankful to be again standing in fresh air, surrounded by the light of day. And right now, I'm going to be massaging my calves, because they are going to ache so much. You're standing atop the broad, flat summit of the massive stone column. The view from this lofty vantage point is unparalleled. Looking to the east and west, you can see for miles along the rugged but beautiful northern Tosian coast. Almost directly south, your gaze falls upon Patwur's Grand Harbour, the wide, deep cove at the back of which stands, stands a formidable spectre of the ancient, heavily fortified seaport. In the centre of the column's summit, almost flush with its weathered stone surface, is a square iron hatch. You suddenly and vividly recall your battle with the floating sword in the murky deep of the shadowy lair at the core of the column. Descend to the base of the column. Recalling your previous steps, you begin a slow and arduous descent of the towering stone monument. At last, after only a few slips and a handful of dangerous stumbles, you are once again standing on the thin ledge at the base of the mighty column. You are standing on a thick, thin ledge at the base of the seventh of Pakwur's seventeen towering stone columns. This massive monument, like its sixteen brethren, 
is nearly 100 feet in diameter and well over 600 feet tall. The towering set of crumbling stone steps winds its way up and around the column. Climbing the stairs to the top of this structure is likely to prove to be a long and tortuous ordeal, and also currently pointless, because I've done what I need to do here, and I'm not going to put my cast through that again. Leave and head back into the harbour. After carefully boarding your small craft, you untether it from the outcropping of rock that has held it fast, and begin the arduous task of rowing back into the broad sheltered cove that serves as Pacro's Grand Harbour. When at last you tie up to, to the pier from which you originally embarked, you are met by a man who sold you the use of his boat, thanks you for returning your craft, and tells you you can use the small but seaworldly vessel any time you wish. You thank him before setting off on your way. Alright, move elsewhere in the city. Going to recover from that. Okay, now... Now I know who's going to want to have a look at that sword. It's Timikiv. Yeah, and show him some of your items. It's the red hilted longsword use. The moment you produce the red hilted longsword, Timikiv's eyes widen, and he steps forward to closely examine the weapon. Now, this is quite remarkable, he says, running his hand along the flash of the blade. Where did you come by something like this? Very interesting. Timikiv studies the sword for for several minutes before at last offering to purchase it from you. He tells you he will give you 16 adventure tokens for the long sword. Well, of course I will. Tibbergaf hands you 16 adventure tokens and smiles broadly as he takes possession of the red-hilted sword. Well, I must thank you, he says. This is truly something I'm proud to own. So I suspect I'll find someone interested in taking it off my hands soon enough. You spend several minutes speaking to Timbergriff, during which time you tell him your name. Well, Zoop, he says as you prepare to set off on your way. I again thank you, if you, and if you come across anything else I might like to see, bring it in. Okay, the question is, where did Timbergriff get all his adventure tokens from? Seriously, where? Where did he get them? Is, is, is he? It's probably tallies. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah tallies. You know he's. Yeah, he 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 is he's he's subcontracted out Timbergriff to. Now look, whenever you now look, you're here to collect items that required an adventure. To, to get now here, here's a list of things that I know people are going here's a list of things you gotta remember, listen to the story the story is the key yes that's what makes it valuable and then you give them adventurer tokens this is how we this is how we get adventurers if the adventurers the support they needed. Or something like that. Okay, so now, now I have three hundred and eleven adventure tokens. I'm getting very close to my goal of three hundred and twenty-five adventure tokens. When I reach that, I'll be able to buy my quickstone. And buy my residence. And then, soon after that, I'll be getting more nice things. Equipment-wise. But, next time, where there is... Next time, we'll start exploring the ruins below Pakwa. But, until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.